Welcome to Monastic Retreats. I'm Dr. Robert Puff. In this podcast, we're going to have a wonderful interview with Catherine Collis, who's a director for the Center for Spiritual Renewal at La Casa de Maria in Santa Barbara. Let's get started. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you ever got into this. I think it started very young. I think it was part of a call. I was always drawn ever since a teenager. In fact, came here as a 15-year-old. Here? To this retreat? To this retreat, to La Casa de Maria, partly because my mother dragged me, (laughs) but partly because I felt something special on these grounds that I think had a deep impact on me not knowing anything about the Immaculate Heart community or the novitiate that was here, I felt something that deeply spoke to me. There was a reverence for the land, for the trees. There was a loving care of the buildings. There was a way in which you were greeted with hospitality from everyone who was working here that had a profound Um, it spoke to me and I always wondered why don't we treat each other this way all the time that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) uh, with this type of attentiveness and presence and care and genuine even amidst busyness the, the ability to take pause and look somebody in the eyes and ask ask about them and be interested. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I spent time at the Vedanta temple working with the nuns when I was 16 and 17 and ended up going to Britain to finish my schooling and levels, partly as a way to get to the Isle of Iona Mm -hmm. that I had read about when I was also very young in my quest for can schools be like not monastic settings because I really didn't understand at that time, but these spiritual centers. Okay. Uh, why can't schools right. be like this, where you can take time for quiet, for reading, for discussion about the issues that really matter, hmm. about life, about why we're here, about death. Do you know what may have drawn you at such a young age? Like, Where does that come from? I think I was in a car accident at age 10, uh, in which I had a mystical experience. And through that experience, I think everything began in my search since then. Do you mind sharing what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Are you you're interested for, for this interview? Okay. We can do a number of interviews, but I'll tell you the story. Uh, driving with my mother. I was, as I said, 10. A truck dropped its spare tire in front of our Carmen Ghia. In the swerving of the truck, the tires popped, and the car began to lose control. Your car? The one my mother was driving. I was sitting in the passenger seat. She was in the driver's seat. And I remember very distinctly her saying, hold on, hold on. And something deep within, I heard the voice say, no, let go, let go. And I felt this incredible peace and 
relaxation in that moment and found myself slipping out of my body and was in a position high enough above the whole event to watch it in, all I can say is it, it went into slow motion. A train was coming, the car was flipping towards the train tracks. There was like this convergence as the car going to hit the train or the train going to hit the car. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, with this incredible sense of peace, I felt a number of presences around me, Mm -hmm. one in particular. And it was like the moment I felt and saw these presences that were more light and color and energy than more more energy than form I felt this immediate sense of remembrance Hmm. of such love and of a sense of that I had the choice and I was told in that moment I had the choice like to go on or stay I could stay back in and I remember turning and looking and all I can sort of say is like this incredible corridor of creation uh, back to this essential home and the presence that was most prominent to me saying you can come anytime it is your choice and it was your choice to enter life and as I turn and look back I again was asked do I want to return and continue this life and I remember remembering hmm. the love with which I was born into the world hmm. and the purpose with that love. I can't, it's hard to put these things. Sure, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> grasping for words because these are things that are so hard to put into language. You're doing pretty but, good. <laughs> but with that came this incredible sense I've only just begun. Hmm. I've only just begun. And immediately I was back in my body, lying outside of the car. I'd gone through the, you know, Volkswagen windows were pretty small. I was sitting in the front seat. I was now lying on the ground, having gone through the back seat window. Wow. And the train came probably a foot away from the car Hmm. and just went right by. Wow. And... It was just this incredible moment of having remembered and having re-engaged with that 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 presence that brought me into life. Oh, that's beautiful! And that presence has been with me. Huh. And in a sense, I, you know, I've called it different names uh-huh. along my life journey. I'm now sixty years old. Mm. I've studied a number of different religious traditions. I have a deep sense of respect uh, for many of them. I would call myself ultimately Christian, but not in a typical religious way, but out of the spirit of the Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, I'm sharing personally with you. The best way I could put with with that experience I had was it was a Christ-love Incarnating. It was about the incarnational spirit with which Christ moves with us into this world. The Christ spirit. That's beautiful. Thank you. 
So I, I was on a search trying to find people, places that could make sense of this experience. Yeah. And I, I had a deep sense of calling to something I didn't know how to name, but I found La Casa de Maria, I found Vedanta, began reading, ended up finding a school in England that I was able to get a scholarship because my mother was raising me and my brother on my own. We were not wealthy. She was just, or she was a school teacher, <laughs> not just a school teacher. Right. Teachers to me are uh, it's a high, right. high, high call. But not to, paid, not paid, not paid much. <laughs> much. Uh, and ended up hearing about this island of Iona off the west coast of Scotland. Hmm. Again, through a mystical experience and then learning about it from, from somebody I met who said, you need to meet a man named Roger Collis hmm. because he's been to this island and he can tell you about it. Anyway, it was a whole journey of finally finding my way at 16 to Iona. And the long and short of it is uh, Roger, I did meet. We ended up actually marrying and being given a house on the island from a lovely old woman that he had befriended and introduced me to Hmm. in my first sojourn Hmm. or pilgrimage there. And on Iona, you know, it has layers of the Benedictine order of the yeah, that's earlier, right. I knew that. I've said it that. Right, right. The earlier Celtic uh, school that was there, founded by St. Columba, which until really the, the last remnants, they say, of the Celtic church sort of had its last stand on Iona mm-hmm. until the 11th century. I became very interested in all of those different stages of the history and over the years have gone there almost every year of my life, both initially on my own journeys with Roger, then when we had children. Then I began leading retreats about 34 years ago. 34 years ago, wow. And every visit there, it's sort of like peeling another skin of the mystery mm-hmm. of why why does Iona speak to me so deeply? Why am I traveling to the other end of the world to what I like go to this, what <laughs> this I like, outcropping of yeah. stone, you know? What I like though is how you listen you were being called to something and you listen to it. I think don't you think I think what I've discovered over the years, a lot of people may have callings like that, but they discount them, they ignore them. And clearly it shaped your life by listening. So by listening, by following those hunches by paying attention to what people were saying. Hmm. Uh, yes, I would say that that I've met many people, especially having led retreats for now. Well, including coming here, I would say a good 40 years of my life hmm. and realizing that many people have experiences. So you led retreats. How did that get you to here, where you now are a director of a retreat center that people can come to and spend time and find their own renewal? Coming back to Santa Barbara to care for parents is really what brought me back. I first re-engaged with La Casa de Maria. I ended up working for the director and associate director there 
The Center for Spiritual Renewal sits on the 26 acres of grounds of La Casa de Maria. They have both this beautiful old historic stone house for individual self-directed retreats and then on another part of the property it's group and conference retreats. And I first worked down there uh, helping with program development, bringing speakers, helping manage some of the programs that were here, helping develop a Celtic uh, spirituality track, bringing different programs to La Casa. When this position here opened up, I applied for it, and I believe because of my connection with historically with this place, with having I now a background of working and understanding one part of what happens on the grounds, and my background leading retreats all those years. It was just such a natural fit. I'm so grateful, though. I feel deeply honored to be here. I bet you feel blessed. Your life is oh, amazing. Oh, I'm so blessed. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't always leading retreats. Right. I would go to Iona, the Isle of Iona. And for those who don't know, that's off the west coast of Scotland. I would go there a month of the year, sometimes six weeks. But the rest of the time, I was raising a family, working, doing what most of us do in the United States mm-hmm. to... Uh, Get by. Get by. But yet you made time for that. You made time Uh, for spirituality. And my husband, Roger, was so supportive Mm. of the years once we had children, of he would stay and care for the children Mm. while I would go on what became known by my my two daughters as my time Mm -hmm. to be on Iona. So that means that parents out there that have kids can still take time for themselves? Absolutely. (laughs) And in fact, it... It really improves the marriage. <laughs> it's good, good juju. <laughs> so, and we have a lot of, of couples who come here and do just that. The mm-hmm. father will come, and then maybe a month later, uh, the mother will come, mm-hmm. giving each other not just the respite time because it's different than a hotel or going sitting in a vacation spot. How would you say? How is it different? Being in a retreat center, like a monastic center. It's different because, number one, you're entering into a place that's considered holy. Hmm. That is recognized as being consecrated for the sacred. And likewise, when a person comes to the door and enters into that setting, they're welcomed and seen from that place of who they deeply are. Hmm. Not just the roles they're playing in the world, not just, you know, what have you done, what have you accomplished, but what is your soul's call? What is your heart longing for? What are the real issues you're dealing with, and how can you get support? How can there be a grace that comes in that helps you fulfill what your your deepest longings are? You know, I mean, it brings me chills what you're saying, but it's it's what I'm hearing you say, which I agree with, is that we have our existence, you know, supporting our families, whatever our jobs we do, taking care of our parents. But then there is another part of us, isn't there? Yes. And if we neglect that, I don't think that goes well. But And, you know, as you know, I'm exploring monasteries and, you know, places of spirituality. And many people that we talk to live there full time, but... You don't have to join full-time in order to still develop your spirituality. 
I think that's part of the, the time and age we're living in, is that many people are feeling that call to something deeper. And it's even more than just what their congregation, their church community, their religious community offers. It is, I think, why we're seeing this burgeoning of contemplative practices being taught, whether in the Eastern traditions, the Buddhist traditions, but also through the Christian tradition, reviving and, and uncovering some of those practices that are held in monasteries by those who've made that commitment to that way of life. They knew all these centuries what those deeper practices were of moving into the direct experience. And now those are through Father Thomas Keating, the teachings of Cynthia Bourgeau, and others through contemplative meditation. Uh, there's a number of things that are just emerging in our culture that is speaking to a practice that you can do in your daily life, that you can do in your car. The mindfulness movement is also uh, the Ayurvedic uh, movement, the non-dual teachings that are coming out are all giving people a little, oh, wait a minute, there's something there that I can do in my personal life that touches me into that deeper part of myself, where renewal comes from, mm -hmm. where actually energy comes from, where clarity comes from, where I can help reframe a situation, even a very difficult situation. I may be looking at it through one lens when I'm in the midst of it, but if I can step back and get perspective from that deeper place, it reframes it. I understand the why of it, and then I know what to do.